Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind podcast, where every week we talk about how technology is transforming the creative industries. Today on the program, can resell save fashion? This has been one of the hottest topics in the fashion community, and it's picking up speed in the wake of the sustainability debate. Today we will talk about the state of the secondhand fashion, the difference between vintage and resell, what the data says about vintage shopping, which brands are the hottest for resell, is vintage shopping becoming the new fast fashion, and the potential for blockchain in the resale market. And we'll end with the program with our personal favorites uh, within resale and vintage. I'm Conrad Olson, Editor-in-Chief and Founder of Scandinavian Mind, and I'm here with my dear colleagues Roland Philippe Kletschmar, Editor-at-Large, and Eric Sedin, our junior editor. Guys, how are you? Fantastic. Fantastic. Love the intro, Conrad. Long, long intro. Great show. Lots of topics. We have to, we have almost too much to talk about, <laughs> guys. I want to begin with and uh, you know answer this without saying uh, where you bought it. But when is the last time you bought a secondhand or vintage vintage garment? September. Um, September. So two months ago, Eric. About half a year ago. Half a year ago. Okay. Uh, I think mine was a spree in September, or no, no October, actually. October, actually. It's pretty yeah. recent. Interesting. Okay, we'll get into this later, and I want to end the program with our personal recommendations where we find our uh, vintage garments. All right, so th- there are like 10 million ways we can enter these topics. Uh, we uh, When we talked about this uh, upon the program, there's like five different angles, so maybe there, there will be several programs, but... To begin with, this you know is obviously uh, an an interesting topic because the number of resale platforms are growing, uh, and the just the amount of garments that is produced every year globally is so huge that it you know according to data company edited, it's expected that by twenty thirty we'll be throwing away one hundred and thirty four million tons of textiles. So this if, is if if everything progresses as it is, and we don't start uh, you know recycling uh, the way we should, uh, you know we're looking at huge numbers of clothes. Uh, we've talked before on the program that you know we don't know how many clothes are produced every year in the world. It's somewhere between 80 and 130, 150 billion garments. Uh, so obviously there's huge volume of fashion out there. So I thought we'd start by just you know sorting out the a terminology here a little bit. There's, you know, we talk about vintage clothing, we talk about secondhand clothing, we talk about resell. Uh, you know, a, a term like pre-loved is being used quite a lot in the industry. Uh, but guys, do you know what the difference between vintage and uh, just secondhand is? Uh, I think uh, from my research or from my understanding is that secondhand could be something that uh, it came from last year's uh, wardrobe. You know, it's just mm. it's pre-worn. If it's more than ten years old, it's vintage because it's probably gonna look it's gonna look vintage. If it's uh, older than it... you, Eric, then it's definitely vintage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I saw some articles saying that it had to be from the eighties, so that beats me by a mile. Um, Eighty? No, no, no. That's I'm I'm sure nineties got to be vintage, exactly, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I think too. And I also beginning I don't think... or late nineties. My take is that vintage uh, it, it's when it's a generation old. 
Interesting, interesting. So I've heard also many different uh, definitions. Uh, there's a website called vintageinformation.com that says the com- most commonly accepted industry standard is it needs to be at least 20 years old. But what you're saying, though, uh, Eric, is very interesting. And there is, I think, when the term resell, if we're talking uh, about that, that's something that's much more uh, commonly used. I think the, the term secondhand is, I, I rarely see that used in, uh, you know, marketing or terminology. You know, if you look at some of the biggest uh, uh, platforms like Grailed and Vestiad and, and so forth, they use the term resell or sometimes like pre-loved, but no one uses the term secondhand. So I think the term resell has been established uh, also by by the sneaker community. Uh, is this something that you see as well, Roland? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, it's just uh, cosmetics, to be honest. It's just making secondhand looks, uh, sound sexier. Mm. Uh, at the end of the day, it's, I mean, if we're talking about selling secondhand objects it is secondhand right i mean but it's if you talk about resell um it's a sexier way to say secondhand but then on the other hand we discussed this uh, uh, you know kind of warming up discussion before the show today what's the difference between resell and vintage or secondhand it's like if you resell a pair of unworn sneakers they are not vintage they're not secondhand or are they, I don't know, if it are a 20 pair of unworn in-the-box sneakers, they're vintage, but they're not secondhand. Ah, that's right. what they call dead stock in the, in the dead industry. Stock. If, if it's yeah, dead exactly. Stock, yeah. Unused, yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I get a bit confused. I get, um, I guess, uh, consumers get even more confused. I got even more confused doing some research. Like, the, the textile industry is about $150 billion in turnover, globally and the second hand market is valued at 200 billion more than the the textile industry so obviously in second hand you put in a lot of other things not only clothing right oh yeah yeah mm. obviously yeah, and just to add to that i think for me it has to be worn for it to be second hand and vintage yes. because when you think about it if it was never worn like you said about those sneakers that means that it has used natural resources when it's been made. It's been packaged in plastic and it's been shipped uh, everywhere. And uh, also probably when you resell, it's been shipped another time, <laughs> perhaps even if you buy it off stock or stuff. So I guess like people use this as like a sustainability, like a greenwashing thing. Time doesn't take away like CO2 emissions, right? <laughs> Just because it's been in a box for 30 years, like, oh, it's it's, it's vintage, it's, it's resale. But still, you know, all those natural resources, all that stuff packaging it that already happened you know sure but i mean one could argue also that if you use something that's already produced not of this season it's something that's been produced before uh even if it's five years ago ten years ago whatever it is that's better uh, for the planet than something that's you know produced for this season well you could argue against that so basically you could say that what is produced today if it's not used for 20 years it's great but that's not true right if if it's still, <laughs> this, of course, this is semantics. You know what, what's happening in the industry today, and there was a huge, uh, big article on Bloomberg Business Week just the other week about how textile waste and garment waste is handled globally. So in the UK, for example, eighty percent of the three hundred tons of clothing that's donated to charity is incinerated. 
And according to data from the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, the amount of clothing and footwear waste generated in the U.S. reaches up to roughly 13 million tons per year. And, you know, about 70% of that ends up in landfills. And this article explained how uh, we see one of the biggest importers of textile waste is places like Ghana, Ukraine, Nigeria, Kenya, Tanzania, and so forth. And what we see is that even though we have these bins of, you know, where we, in places like H&M and Zara and, and so that kind of places where they collect garments uh, supposedly to be resold to other people, most of that is not resold. It is uh, bundled together and shipped to these countries and ending up in landfills. Some of it is being repurposed into uh, like stuffing for cars and furniture and so forth. But it's such a huge amount of waste that's being just ended up in, in landfills. So, you know, there's a long-winded way of saying if a garment is used, it's that's the best garment, no matter how how <laughs> old it is or not. But we... we the big problem in the world right now is we produce too much that we're, we're not using. We don't need it. Yeah. That's that's the gist of okay. it. Okay, but I think what is still confusing to me, and maybe mm. you can help me out here, Conrad, what's the difference then with resell? It, there's no difference at all. I think secondhand, vintage, and resell, that's just the same term. The term but the you different can resell terminology the same a thing. new thing, right? If you talk, we talk about StockX, right? They're selling uh, yeah. vintage sneakers mm. and... Mm new sneakers unboxed yeah right so but they are reselling right but they are not reselling used products they're reselling new products yeah of course and think of it think of it this way i'm on a raffle i, I get these amazing travis scott uh, jordans that everyone wants they get sent to my they're made in china somewhere blah 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 they get sent to me in sweden and then i resell them on StockX. it gets sent to the us and then maybe someone from vietnam buys them from StockX. It's like, oh, it's resale. I bought it resale. Doesn't mean it's better for the environment. Even if it's from last week or from two years ago, like I said, it's still used natural resources. It was still shipped. It was still made. All that stuff. So, uh, resale, kind of. That's kind of the question here right, for the podcast: is, is it, can it be? Can it save fashion? Can it make? Can it be sustainable? Yes, if it's used. <laughs> that's like the, the easy. Yeah, easy. but th- so this is interesting because in our research prior to this show, we we looked at resale, resale, or you know, <clears throat> reselling. And the flipping element is, 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 is much talked about, right? That the reselling platforms are used for flipping sneakers, watches, art, you name it. And then it is labeled, as you say, as being kind of a more sustainable alternative to shopping. But in reality, it's probably not. Because the majority of the high value resold items, um, you know, sneakers for hundreds of thousands of Swedish kroner or art or watches for millions, they are never used. They are Mm. untouched new in their boxes and just shipped, as you say, all over the world again and again and again, never used and just harmful to the environment, right? I don't know if you heard about uh, Reflaunt. It's a worldwide uh, reselling platform and service. So a lot of big fashion brands use this service to for people Mm -hmm. to uh, resell their stuff and uh, I read from uh, in, in September uh, I read a Heisnobaiti mag- uh, article about how Balenciaga launched their big mm. research program and yeah. according to them it's uh, to become fully sustainable right <laughs> that's the way they're using it so 
you can drop off your Balenciaga clothes that you bought or that you own uh, at a store uh, or you get them picked up at home and they document it, they authenticize yeah. it, they professionally photograph it, they price it and then they list it on this uh, Reflant uh, website. So once your bag or your shoes or whatever you've given them or sold, you're then compensated either by some cash from Balenciaga, they buy it from you, or they give you Balenciaga credit value. So you can mm-hmm. use your money to buy more Balenciaga stuff. So uh, I did some research and I found out that the payout value, you know, for using the credit value at Balenciaga stores is 20% higher than if they would just give you the cash. So for them, it's like, oh, we're giving you, a, we're starting a yeah. circular process. Now, this actually sounds like a good idea, right? It's a brilliant idea if we only talked about how it's profit-driven <laughs> or community-driven, because I wouldn't call this um, sustainably driven. It's, it's basically greenwashing. Because I read a comment under the, um, under the article that I thought was really interesting. It's from the user Danny. Well, it said, this is purely profit-driven. Profit-driven. If anyone thinks this is about the environment, they're wrong. The brand will buy back what it sold to you for a fraction of what you paid and resell it to another customer who couldn't mm-hmm. afford it at full price, at a higher price than they sold it to you. And incentivizing you take a shop credit means you're profiting again when you buy another thing you didn't need. Mm. So Balenciaga, you know, it's it's this way that's uh, that they probably sent out this press release like we're becoming fully sustainable, but still they're thinking of this idea of you need to buy more stuff, we need to consume more. It's consumerism in a different yeah. term. And and what's interesting then, in addition, is that the highest value items, regardless of industry, mm. are as you say, dead stock Conrad or new uh, out of box or you know, uh, so. They are, uh, they, are, they are encouraging people not to use the products to increase the value on the resale market. Basically, that's how the mechanism works, right? Yeah. So the, you, you, would ha- you would get the highest value of your Balenciaga item if it's less used, right, in this program. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's really interesting. And yeah. you know what I mean? Like we said before, if it's used, it's great. You know, if you bought the Balenciaga shirt or a shoe or a bag for 10 years ago and you used it and then you give it to them like, hey, take this, you know, they will price it accordingly. But if it's like a really hyped bag that, I don't know, some celebrity wears in a, at the red carpet somewhere that's vintage, they will know, oh, you still have the tag on it. We're going to price it really high. And then Balenciaga takes the money and then it keeps on going. So if it's used, it's great. But I'm not sure if that's what Balenciaga is doing. I don't think they're committing to being fully sustainable by doing this. It's a great business idea. I think it's amazing. Business yeah, and there are many examples of those platforms, right? And mm. I, I think even the outdoor industry, I mean, I remember yeah. uh, Arcteryx, they launched a, a resale uh, program a couple of years ago, quite similar to the Balenciaga one. And in the outdoor industry, being sustainable is so business critical. You look at uh, you know, mm. Patagonia as, as the key example. But basically, as you say, I mean, they, they, they are encouraging you to spend more within the brand ecosystem. Yeah, I think ev- any brand operating right now, any of the bigger brands, they have to start moving into this space somewhat. And it, it's kind of like, a, is it greenwashing, green hushing, whatever it is? Uh, you know, not doing it is not an alternative either. So they have to take responsibility for the things they put out there. But we're so... Uh, we're so far away from it being circular. I mean, the, mm. the fashion industry is by definition, I think, <laughs> probably the least circular industry in the world. You know, we know that 1% of everything that's produced is being recycled. That's, to me, 
if 99% of what's produced is not being recycled, it, it, it's far away, far away from being uh, a circular. All right, so one other way to look at this topic is generationally. And, you know, one reason we're seeing the rise in secondhand, vintage, resale, whatever you want to call it, is that new generations find it much more natural uh, to buy uh, clothes that have been worn before. So there was a study coming out, a Swedish study came out and saying that, uh, you know, the younger generations, Gen Z, uh, like, you know, one of four uh, consumer uh, consider uh, secondhand as their first choice when they're buying something. Whereas, you know, there's a huge difference from from uh, Gen X and, and so-called boomers, where it was a, uh, around 5% that, that preferred secondhand. So there is a huge attitude shift. Mm. And I think we're going to see, you know, once these generations grow older and they see it's much more natural to buy vintage or secondhand stuff, there is going to be a market opportunity there. We're going to have to service that market uh, as well. And it's going to be plenty of clothes to service them with, so to speak. And again, I mean, the the biggest problem um, with the fashion industry is the overproduction. We were producing too much stuff. Uh, And there was a report out, uh, I believe, Eric, you were at the launch of this. The Swedish Fashion Council launched a report uh, and they lifted uh, secondhand as one of the key factors for transforming the fashion industry. Yeah, it was was on, uh, we were recording this on Wednesday and uh, the Swedish Fashion Council held a panel talk on Wednesday. There was a guy there from uh, McKinsey. He was a partner at McKinsey. His name is Jonathan Janmark. And he said, Mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting. He said that uh, he predicted that uh, in 2023, it will be the first ever volume drop in fashion because of many things. Could be because of the thing you mentioned now, could be because the right people are growing up or whatever. But he mostly said it's because of the macroeconomic situation right now. So in that's 2023... mind-blowing to me. It is, yeah. If that's true, and I, I bet that's a prediction on, on his part, but that would be a, a, a major uh, shift. In yeah. in the fashion industry, if that, but then, if that of course it could be could be just happened this year and then twenty twenty four goes up again. It still is too much uh, volumes produced, even though it's less than a year before. You read it mm. before. It's we produce so much. We don't know if it's eighty billion garments or one hundred and fifty. So still a very interesting take from him, and maybe it you know it aligns with what we're saying here. And I don't want to speak for my generation now, but what you were talking about, how I've noticed this, if I give someone a compliment on their shirt or their jacket or whatever, I, I, I've realized that it's kind of cool to kind of shrug and be like, if I ask them, that's a great shirt, where is it from? And, you know, just going, oh, I don't know, it's secondhand, you know, I just, yeah. that's kind of a cool way of answering. But it's even cooler, I would say, to say, oh, this is vintage um, Prada or something, because mm-hmm. that means that you found it, like, you know, it's a steal, I found it somewhere. And, you know, this is for brands to take care of. People actually like to, having the vintage prefix, <laughs> that's cool for people of my generation. That's my view, at least. Spokesperson of Gen Z has spoken, but brands take, take use of that. Mm. Find your old clothes and sell them. And But, you know, I, I, it's uh, super interesting uh, to, to do predictions with numbers, right? Just um, kind of looked into some additional research while recording this. And uh, <clears throat> actually looking at now, the second-hand apparel market is estimated at... 71 million US dollars in 2022. Okay, $71 million. Mm. And the textile market in its is valued at 150 billion. 
yeah it's, it's right? just it's just so a fraction it's like, it's, it's, it's a fraction of it yeah. yeah and it's estimated by uh, the future market uh, insight um, institute that uh, there is a kgar of 14% uh, from 2022 to 2032 reaching a valuation of 282 million dollars in 2032 so in 10 years from now it's going to be valued at 282 million right still 1 billion is 1000 million <laughs> and the total textile market is 148 or 150 billion in in, in this year right mm. so it's it, i mean honestly it looks really 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 dark all right guys so there there is obviously a ton to talk about and you know let's let's keep this conversation going in future episodes i wanted to end with a kind of a personal reflection on uh, our own uh, shopping habits and give our own recommendations and uh, you know just to to carry on on what you said eric one of the things that has you know drove been driving me into buying more and more vintage is the act of discovery mm-hmm. uh, you know when you travel today and go to a new city in europe it looks the same everywhere you know sure. high street uh, main street wherever you buy it's kind of the same stores the same everywhere you you know if you are a fashion consumer you've seen the pictures you've seen the clothes it's very hard to find discovery of new clothes and new brands but you know i've found at least my personal reflection is that when I go into a vintage store in Helsinki or Amsterdam or Milan, I can find completely different, uh, uh, you know, uh, inventory of, of clothes. And to me, that's a new type of discovery. When you know, when I started buying clothes like 15 years ago, going into fashion, it was it was like a, an exploration going to New York because you had all these stores that you know you didn't exist in Sweden. But today, it's like everything is available all the time before i give give my um best takes eric where do you buy your vintage fashion i go i have two maybe two subway stops from my apartment there's um it's called stadsmissionen and then on literally on the other street it's uh called emmaus I don't, maybe for international listeners could be kind of a salvation army secondhand yeah. you know oh, oh yeah. it's very it's very it's og og secondhand that's real secondhand that's not even yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. resell or pre-love no, that's no, just secondhand no, no, no. and it's cheap it's incredibly cheap that's why i go there and i it's i really love it because me and my girlfriend go there one of us always walks out with something uh for example this shirt that i'm wearing right now but uh, that's where I go. And actually, I see Conrad. I've been seeing you uh, strolling into the office with your uh, Carhartts and your, uh, you know, with the paint splatter and the carpenter pants, which is very, going back to your point about how um, now that you go to high streets all over the world, it all looks the same. Right? Now, I actually think, like, for me, the very the thing that's in now, that's trendy, has been for a year. It's the Arcturix jacket from, like, the 90s that people buy for a lot of money because it looks cool. They buy it oversized, they, you know, snuggle it at the bottom, and then they get the carpenter pants. Uh, mm. e- extra bonus points if there's some colors on there, maybe like a rip or something from Carhartt or from Dickies. Uh, that's like the, that's even for, even for secondhand places, that's trendy now, you know? So even if you go to, that's what I've been seeing when I went to Amsterdam, I was there a couple of weeks ago, I walk into the secondhand shop. That's what they put closest to the door, you know, for the kids to see the carpenter pants and the, you know the gorb core jackets so could be that even the second hand ones uh, wherever you go in the world looks the same uh, but can so, I, can i plug that my last uh, shopping spree was on vestiaire yeah does that count 
<laughs> so some Hermes scarves on Vestiaire. There you go. That's a good recommendation. That in Vestiaire, that's where my wife does most of her vintage shopping as well. But uh, Eric, just like you said, I've been a big fiend for American workwear. I love uh, Broadway and Sons, uh, mm. the best uh, vintage store in Sweden. They started out in Gothenburg for uh, just opened up in in Stockholm uh, last year, I think. Uh, a bit pricey, uh, but they're just the best on on uh, vintage Levi's 501s. Uh, there's a huge, there's a funny story with the dad of the current owners um, uh, buying a huge, enormous uh, uh, amounts of, of vintage uh, Levi's 501s about 20 years ago, and they're still selling off of that supply. <laughs> Uh, but I, but I also want to plug. I was also recently in Amsterdam, and there was some great vintage shopping there. There's a store called Bis. If you're interested in uh, vintage army wear, and I say business opportunity for you, Conrad. So every time you go to the archipelago, every Monday you come back to town with new clothes that you can sell. You know, with new fresh paint on it. You know, it's great. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my that's my fallback plan for sure. <laughs> Guys, this has been a great conversation on vintage, resell, secondhand, and whatever else we call it. Uh, just before we end up here, I just want to plug a few things uh, that are happening on ScandinavianMind.com. We have a story out this week by Johan Magnusson, our senior editor, uh, where he has interviewed uh, a series of, of lifestyle industry executives uh, that share their, their expertise on how to go from a sustainable brand to a B Corp certification. A uh, huge topic within the industry, and we decided to go all in on that this week. Um, guys, what's happening until next week? What are you looking forward to? I just want to say big up to Roland, who learned, taught us the B Corp word, maybe like season one of this show. So we know early listeners know about B Corp. <laughs> know what it's all about. Uh, what can I say? I'm still into art this weekend in Stockholm. There's every gallery is open. Uh, it's uh, like this gallery weekend in Stockholm. Uh, it's a lot of happenings. Free wine everywhere you go. Good art. Cool people. So yeah, art, art, art. Personally, I'm taking the train tomorrow up to Sundsvall to visit the opening of the new factory by Renewcell, the textile uh, recycling plant that's opening there. Super excited about that. I'm sure we'll revisit that uh, online and on this podcast. Super interesting. Yeah, definitely. I'm super excited about seeing that. All right, guys, this has been the Scandinavian Mind podcast. Don't forget to follow us on TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, and to subscribe to our newsletter. Visit scandinaviamind.com slash newsletter. Till next week, goodbye. Ciao. See you.